What's up, golf addicts? If you're in New Jersey, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, or Tennessee, and you want to bet on golf, Points Bet is our new favorite spot to bet on golf. In fact, I just wrote an article about it this week. If you head over to tourjunkies.com, I kind of give you an intro to Points Bet betting. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You can do all the traditional golf bets, your outrights, your first round leaders, your top tens, your top twenties, your head to head matchups, but they have a unique betting opportunity called points betting that I dive into in that article. And if you want to join and sign up for points bet, you can do so with prom- either promo code TJ250 or TJ bet. And you can look at the different promos offered there. The TJ250 gives you a deposit bonus and the TJ bet gives you a free bet. When you sign up, please do so. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to be talking about points bet. I even get into it in this podcast for the Bermuda Championship 2020 as the PGA Tour heads to the island of Bermuda. It's going to be a good time. Good show. We have a lot of fun on this one. We missed last week. The Wild Leap hits hard in this episode. And I will just say this. At the end of the episode, I go into about a 15-minute rant on Bryson DeChambeau. I'm going to go ahead and give you a heads up because you probably have already heard it. You might not want to hear it anymore. You might be tired of it. But Bryson gave me some new content over the weekend on his Instagram, and I'm ready to go headfirst into Bryson Hatredville. So if you don't like it, then you're just going to want to cut it off at the end. But thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Thanks for being a supporter of the Tour Junkies. Here you go. We're the Tour, 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 Tour Junkies. PGA Tour Fanatics, Golf Addicts, Podcast Juice, you gotta have it. Special guest, DFS, DB, and them long shots. From Augusta to Sawgrass, we got your picks, we got your stats. Catch a bus, catch a last, sip some rolls, lay with Pat. Tour, 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 Tour Junkies. Bermuda, Bahama, come on, pretty mama. Here I go, my hang up, do 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 Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the Bermuda Championship. That's what that joke was all about. That song, that song there was all about Bermuda. I'm wearing my floral hat tonight, trying to get in the island vibes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah so uh, we're in Bermuda for the Bermuda Championship, the only event on the PGA Tour this week as the WGC HSBC with a lot of C's has been canceled. Uh, so yeah, here we go. We're doing a podcast for the Bermuda. I mean, you know, just when you thought yeah. 2020 was, was crazy enough, we're doing a podcast only for the Bermuda championship. Freaking love it. Um, it's amazing. Amazing. I went to Bermuda one time and I remember him you telling me. did not go to Bermuda. Yeah, I have. I've been to Bermuda. What are you talking about? Yeah. Were you worried about the, the triangle when you were on the way? Like, did you, did you read about nah, it? No, man, I don't worry about that stuff. I got, I got, I let my nuts hang, baby. I'm not scared of that stuff. But I do remember I was on a ferry ride, and one of the the gentlemen, uh, uh, tourist tour 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 guide said, "In Bermuda, we have two speeds: slow and stop. You're not in a hurry to do much of anything. Uh, but that's a great time. Good island vibe. Here we are. Uh, the PJ Tour. We're gonna have fans at this one. We'll get into that. It's gonna be a good show tonight. I'm your host, David Barnett. I got Pat Perry with me. 
Pat, the podcast juice tonight is this lovely near-frozen bottle of Wild Leap vodka. Muchas gracias to Wild Leap for that. Not, I'm not Great just drinking stuff. out of the bottle, but I mean, I have I have a cocktail here. But. Yeah, no, I have some Wild Leap myself. Uh, the last sip of Wild Leap I believe that I had was uh, what's what's now really you could call it a viral video on Instagram. I mean, that's going it, viral. I mean, it's got a million views. Yeah, over a yeah. million views on Instagram. Pat's uh, Pat's steady vibing uh, video that he did. Yeah, it was, good it was, stuff. You know what was funny about the comments that we received hmm. on that video? How many people asked if I was on a Zamboni? Like, I guess because of the way the golf cart was moving. That's a through, really dumb question. I, I was I like, no, understand. we're on a we're on a golf course. It's a, obviously it's a golf. Those cart, people are idiots. If if you are listening to this or watching live on YouTube and you ask that, you stop listening. Stop watching. We want we want to lose you as a fan. We just do. <laughs> that's the not that we have anything against Zambonis or hockey. Has no, no. That. But just, but that's just a totally stupid thing to ask. It's clearly on a golf course. Anyway, I'm a little hot under the collar tonight. I've got the final segment of tonight, if mm. I can wait that long, is going to be a segment we like to call the putter throw where one or both of us just go off on something and I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and say it. I'll go, I'll go ahead and prep the people. So they just, they, they can know when to check out. I am going to go off on Bryson and his latest mm. antics. So Shocker. many people have been around for this before. I just, I have to keep doing it. It makes me feel good and it's, it's, you know, partially my show. So I'm going to do it. And if you don't like I've, it, you can cut it off. I've personally heard a lot of this rant, I believe, and uh, you will not be hearing a lot of my voice uh, during this, mm -hmm. that whole segment because it like BB is, is really worked up about this. Um, but I'm, I'll be there for you. I'll be, I mean, I'll be sitting here. I may yeah. not be listening to the whole thing, but I'll be sitting here. Yeah, you won't. Uh, it's going to be a good show tonight though. We've got some fun stuff going on. Got uh, I, I want to do something fun for masters and I've, I haven't even told you about this, Pat. But I want to do something fun for Masters that I'm going to talk about here in just a minute. So if you're, you know, if you're getting ready for Masters week like we are, which is only two weeks away, um, get ready for that. You know, Patrick Cantlay wins the the Zozo. Uh, long shot season takes a hit as Patrick Cantlay, a shorter odds player, pulls it through. You know, I had I had Lonto Griffin, I had Sebastian Munoz, you had Russell Henley. Yeah, none of them could keep up with JT Rom and Patrick Cantlay is what it is. Uh, you know, the guy, the guy went out and did his thing, you know, plays well on Nicholas courses, grew up California guy, makes a lot of sense. Uh, it ended up being a total birdie fest. Like we said, 24 under, I think is where he finished. Um, you know, good, good tournament, fun tournament to watch. Sherwood was, was interesting. Um, not sure I loved it as much as I did Shadow Creek the week before, but anyway, long shot season takes a hit, but we're back on the train this week and next week. For Next week is the Vivint Houston Open, and I think long shot season continues this week and next, and I'm excited about it. Yeah. Um, and more to come on long shot season, by the way. We're More to come on that. Me and Pat, I think, Pat, we should also apologize to the people for last week. We, at the very last minute, decided we could not do a podcast last week. It's probably – I mean, Pat, is that is that the? F I don't know that I could think of one 
of a podcast we have not done during a tournament week in the last five years. Maybe Marcus Miklovich, who's been following since day one, could tell us. But I, you know, I've missed one, or I've missed a handful. You've missed a handful, but the, the other person's always filled in. I don't know I don't that I remember we've... ever skipping one altogether. Oh, you know, I can't remember. Which is like, I'm... I mean, that's like five, you know, forty something events a year, five years. The math checks out. That's like two hundred and forty events. I feel like we have taken a week off before, but maybe we have. Yeah, we had to do it last week, y'all, and it was fun. It was a lot of fun. You're going to see more of it, and we really ask you support it. Uh, We went down to PJ Tour Entertainment headquarters on Monday and Tuesday, and shot some footage for a new series that Scratch is doing. Scratch S K R A T C H, the kind of uh, golf adjacent brand of the PJ Tour. Uh, it's our second time doing some stuff with with Scratch. We were down there this time last year doing some like DFS 101 stuff for them. You can check out on their YouTube channel. It's pretty funny. We enjoyed it. But Monday, we literally shot content from 8.30 in the morning until 6.30 that evening with about a 15-minute lunch break. Which we, we were exhausted. Down. Exhausted. Yeah, like it, it was a full day. You wouldn't – I mean, even if we had the podcast, it, it would have been just a lot of rambling and – like we wouldn't have had time to do enough research. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have been a, a good product no. anyway. It would have been. We something had no time for that. Us. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't do it. Sorry to do it to you last minute. Um, we did put out you know a couple articles, but last week was crazy, and then we had to go back to our real jobs on Wednesday and catch up. So it was crazy. Now, please, the nut, your... the nut hut chat by the was actually pretty lit though on Wednesday night. It was fun. Me and Ben were in there. It was a good time. Yeah, it was good. I, I was in there Thursday morning, um, and it was it was busy. It was shockingly busy for a no-cut uh, Zozo. But, um, yeah, apologize for missing it last week. It doesn't happen often. We just could not pull it together. I will say, if you are on YouTube or uh, – well, first of all, please subscribe to our channel on YouTube. But go and check out Scratch when the, when the videos launch. There's going to be six videos, and they're all going to be around betting. Um, intro to betting, kind of – betting maybe a little bit intermediate betting um all of our listeners it'll probably be kind of elementary for you but support it anyway so you'll see it on scratch's instagram channel we'll be pumping it on our instagram and twitter channels it'll all be directed to scratch's youtube uh feed and thumbs up and great comments about how awesome the tour junkies are would definitely help us out we would appreciate it It would be very nice of you to do it's a good free way you can uh, give some love back to db and pat we had a great time doing it, uh, and it was very funny. Pat, I, I, I mean, in the two days, there were multiple times where I was crying laughing. I could not. Y'all, I can't explain to you how far Pat has come in five years <laughs> to doing things on camera. You know, like, I mean, I, and, and I, I mean, I feel like I've maybe improved as well, but I, I didn't have as long to go because I've, you know, it's just my personality. Like this doesn't bother me. And it never has. Like Pat was very uncomfortable when we first started tour junkies doing anything on camera. And I'm not talking about like in the scratch studio on a massive green screen with producers and lights and multi thousand dollar cameras. I'm talking about in front of a webcam on some shoddy internet show that no one was watching five years ago. Pat yeah. was horribly vis- physically visibly uncomfortable and to mm-hmm. see how far he's come is quite remarkable and I'm very proud of him for that and and you know but but he still provides many moments of comedic relief 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, one moment we had to kick you out of the, the whole studio. <laughs> I got stop. kicked out of the studio for laughing. I couldn't hold the laughter long enough for him to get the to get the lines out and yeah. and and get the shot done. So the producer asked me to leave. I go to the bathroom. I'm walking back down the hall, and the associate producer is walking out of the room. And I go, "Are we done? Did you did you get it?" And he goes, "No, I had I got kicked out too. <laughs> so he got <laughs> kicked out." So it was literally Pat and the producer trying to knock it out. Uh, hopefully, you could see some of that. But yeah. It, very funny. Also, the producer noticed, this is funny for our regular YouTube watchers, the producer mm. noticed very quickly that Pat constantly does this with his sleeves. If you're, if you can't, if you're not watching, like constantly pulls his sleeves up. Constantly. It's actually, now it's actually more like I just did it, but that was because you were talking about it, but it's more with golf No, you shirts. did it before that. <laughs> Check the tape. You did it right Did right I before. do it with my yep. t-shirt? Yeah, right. I thought it was sure more did. of a golf shirt thing. Nope, false fake news. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah he, fake news, I guess. The producer was like, dude, you got to put your sleeves down. And so then it became a funny joke. That, like every time Pat would do it, I would reach over and just pull his, just pull his yeah. sleeve down. <laughs> or the producer would walk over and go, you know, just pull my shirt down. Mm. Oh, man. So, anyway, good times, good times, good times. It was a lot of fun. Okay, are we ready? We want to get into this? Yeah, let's go. Talk to us about Port Royal Golf Club in yes. Bermuda. The famous Port Royal Golf Club. Robert Trent Jones originally designed this course. It is a par 71, playing just over 6,800 yards. Not very – this isn't a big track at all. I mean, this is like a track normal people play on for the most part. Um, but we're back to a full field event. We've got 132 players this week. You've got Bermuda grass, tee to green. Bermuda grass. Yep, makes sense. Pretty pretty cool, makes sense. Um, I do think this, like last year, uh, Brendan Todd is, by the way, he's the inaugural champion. This is the first time they've played this event. Uh, they've played other events here on this course, but this is the first time they played an actual tour event. But he's, he was at 2,400. This was a birdie bonanza last year. You've got three extremely easy par fives. I'm talking about birdie like – bonanza. I mean, these par fives are basically par fours for these guys. So, you've got to score on them. And there are definitely some attackable par fours as well. Last year, this course ranked 28th of the uh, 41 as far as most difficult courses. There's a lot of elevation out here on this course. Um, Wind is really going to be the biggest factor um, in, in scoring. And especially this week, it looks like Friday we're going to see uh, a good amount of wind. So I think that's important. Now, the first six or seven holes are inland and not out in the wind. So those, And those are actually the most scorable holes. Um, so I don't think the wind is going to be as much of a factor there. But then once they get past seven, they get out onto the coast. And it, it, you know, it could create some challenging conditions as far as the wind's concerned. Um, Looks like we're getting a lot of rain early in the week here, so I think the course is going to play pretty soft. Uh, you know, but outside the wind, I do think that um, this is going to be one of those courses, just like we saw last year, where there's a ton of birdies. Um, and like you said, long shot season. I mean, I think this, this is definitely a week to take a lot of risk with guys on this course, because almost anybody, when you get a 6,800 you know, yard course, almost everybody in the field really is in play. Because they're all, like, if you're a bomber, yeah. you're still having to back off sometimes off the tee. They're all kind of hitting their approach shots from the same areas. So, it really brings a lot of, a lot of players into, into play this week. The stats I like, looking at form, 
looking at ball striking strokes gain approach as always, and looking at that putting on Bermuda stat, maybe going out 50 to 100 rounds, just getting getting a good idea of where these guys are putting as far as Bermuda is concerned. So there you go, DB. That's the course breakdown for Port Royal Golf Club, Bermuda Championship. Any thoughts yes. from you? Yep, wind is a big factor, like you said. Couldn't agree more on the type of player. Anybody can win here being that short for sure. I think the over-under on winning score is like 17 and a half under-ish is the, is the number. So you can look for another winning score in the high teens. Um, you know, if we only really have a little bit of wind, it could be even, even better than that. So heads up there. Um, I, I went back and I looked last year. Just a couple things that you didn't hit on. There were 49 eagles last year. That's a lot of eagles. So you yes. got to score. You got to have that's, guys making these. And that's what I'm saying. Really, par fives. I, I didn't mention the eagles, but again, the par fives are like par fours. I mean, they are yeah. they are yeah. not long at all. And then I just wanted to see like who went super low last year. So last year, Brendan Todd obviously won. He shot around a 62 to win it and and snatched the hundred to one Harry Higgs outright bet that I had. Snatched it from my clutches um, on Sunday. Uh, Scotty Scheffler also shot a 62 here last year. Now, Scotty's not playing, but just that's a perfect example. The two guys that set the course record last year, Brendan Todd, who can't hit it out of his own shadow, but just puts yeah. the eyes out of it and doesn't miss fairways, shot a 62. Scotty Scheffler bombs it, aggressive, you know, par five, just dominates par five. You know, he shot a 62. You had three players shoot a 63. Brendan Todd also shot a 63. Your buddy, Doppelganger, our friend, been on the podcast, great head of hair. Hank Lebiota shot a 63. And Wes Roach, who is also a bomber, long hitter off the Corn Ferry Tour, shot a 63. Your next best score, 64, Bo Hogue, Josh Teeter, Russell Knox, and Rob Oppenheim. None of those guys. I think Bo hits it okay, but none of those guys are long hitters. So, yeah. Definitely, um, you know, it's definitely a, like, fairway and in kind of spot. Get hot with the putter. You know, I'm looking at, at, at accuracy off the tee. Um, I'm looking at greens and regulation. Strokes gained approach is the most, is number one. Putting on Bermuda. Um, and I just want, like, guys who are, you know, I think known to be, like, good wedge players because you're going to have a ton of wedges, like, 125 and in is going to be all week long here. Are you going to really look at proximity, 125 and in? You know what? I might. What if I do? What are you going to do if I do? Um, I agree with you. That's what I, I don't really care much about strokes gain around the green. I mean, to me, in a birdie fest like this, I don't need my guys worry about – I need my guys hitting greens. If I am if I got guys scrambling to get up and down for par, it's probably not working out. So Yeah, that's not going to work. I didn't really look into that. Um, and then just overall, you just want you just want guys who hit it on the screws and make some putts and, you know, um, are, are coming in in decent form, ready to, ready to go low in a birdie fest. All the stats presented to you by our friends at Fantasy National. Go to fantasynational.com slash TJ. FantasyNational.com slash TJ, or you can enter promo code Tour Junkies when you sign up and they ask you how you heard about them. Your boys at the Tour Junkies told you. It's where we get all our stats, all our information, uh, ownership projections, lineup optimizers, projections, all, all you want for Corn Ferry Tour and PJ Tour. They actually just added, uh, I think they just got new data backdating to like 2004 from the PJ Tour now. They're getting all their, their information from 
the tour and CDW. So it is certified, you know, real news, not fake news. So it's good stuff. Sign up to get 20% off any subscription weekly, monthly, or annually at fantasynational.com slash TJ. Um, before we get into the picks, Pat, I want to, I want to do something for masters. This isn't a contest, although I think we will have a contest. Uh, I want our master show to have a little more listener engagement. And, and maybe we do two master shows. Maybe we do a sports book mm-hmm. and, a, and, a, and a DFS show. Um, we haven't used the TJ hotline in a long time. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I want to bring yeah. back. And here's the thing. Every time we offer up a TJ hotline thing, like there's, there's usually only a few of you that get in there and do that. Like I need, we need you guys to come through here. Like if you're a loyal, faithful listener, get you a pen right now or pull your phone out and get ready to type this number. Save it in your phone, TJ Hotline, okay? It's a free call. You know, what call is not free nowadays anyway? 706. Free call. 706-6-ADDICT is the number, A-D-D-I-C-T. That's 706-623-3428. 706-623-3428. Call and leave us a voicemail. Ask us anything you want about the Masters, about Augusta, about the tournament, if it's DFS, if it's golf betting, if it's a take on Bryson playing Augusta, if it's me caddying at Augusta, if it's Pat playing Augusta, if it's me playing Augusta, if it's growing up in Augusta, if it's going to the Masters every year, doesn't matter what it is, something about Augusta, something about the Masters, call the hotline, let's get you on the show, and we're going to take some calls. Um, and if we get enough of them, we can do some for the, for the betting preview and some for the DFS preview. So do it. Do it. 706-623-3428. I think that'd be really cool. I'll put like the number in the chat on YouTube too. Um, well, Pat, with that, let's get into the picks. Let's let's break it down. 9K and above on DraftKings, three tournament plays, a cash play, and a fade. I gotta be honest, I was researching this today. I'm excited. I'm excited about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna use more bankroll this week than I have the last two with no cut, you know short field events i'm excited for the full field t65 and ties making the cut getting six of six in a lineup on dfs presents an edge and of course i'm excited about the old uh you know the old long shot season potentially making a return i'm I'm pumped about that too so yeah um i'll let you start buddy i I usually start this but yeah i'm three tournament plays a cash plan of fade so here's the deal i have nobody over 10k I, uh, I'm, not I'm, I'm not saying that I'm fading them. As a matter of fact, my favorite guy over there would probably be actually Doc Redman, but I just don't have a lot of strong conviction about any of these guys to want to play them. And I am going to mostly fade this range. Uh, so my first play that I will start with is actually Denny McCarthy at 9,500. I like him a lot this week. You look at the stats, checks the box of ball striking approach driving accuracy he's top 15 in the field he's number one in the field in strokes game putting on bermuda grass so i think i think mccarthy definitely you know has a is a, i mean this could be a great week for him and he's been kind of you know he, he knocked on the door a little bit at sanderson farms he's been in pretty good recent form so i like him at 9500 next guy i will go with some henrik stinson at 9300 you know i think he's you know he's a guy that wow look i know he missed the cut at the Sanderson Farms, but had a T21 in, in uh, 
Where was Punta Cana? Was that Corrales. Corrales. Yeah. Um, Hudson Swafford you know, week, baby. Yeah, that was a good week for us, man. That was a great week for us. Um, anyway, but if you look at the stats, another guy, again, 22nd ball striking, fourth in approach, fifth fairways gained, fifth in greens and regulation. Both stats I know you mentioned that you like. Now, his putting on Bermuda is not that great, but I think he could have a good week from Stinson. I mean, let's not forget that he's – look, he's still a really good player. I think in a field like this, he could definitely – I don't think the ownership's going to be that high for him either. So, I like Stinson at 9,300. And then dropping down to the bottom of this range, Peter Malnati at 9,000. I like him as well. Wow. Checks the box and ball striking approach. Opportunities gained when you're looking at, you know, those chances for birdies. He's also second in the field right behind Mr. McCarthy in putting on Bermuda. And Peter Malnati, I don't know why that's a hard name for me to say. Um, You know, he's been in good form too. You look at his last two finishes, you know, a fifth at the Shriners and a second at the Shriners at the uh, Sanderson Farms. So those are my three GPP plays. My cash is going to be Denny McCarthy. And my fade is going to be Brendan Todd all the way at the very top. Wow. your champion from last year look i mean i don't want to i don't want to pay pay that price for him his form hadn't been great and and you know he hasn't he didn't play well at the zozo didn't play well at the cj cup just not a big fan of, of old todd this week I, I like him in general i mean i'm like him as a person but i will fade that great interview shockingly I, good interview he was he was a very good interview can i just um, tell you like for for guys like brendan todd I've never confessed this before. When we get a guy on the podcast teed up for an interview and they're a guy like Brendan Todd and they're like kind of low-key, kind of like a guy that, you know, doesn't really demonstrate a lot of personality on the course. You don't really see a lot about them off the course. And they hit it really short. Like guys that hit it really short and just fairways and greens, I feel like they're going to be boring because they hit it short. Is that is that a is that is that racist of me? I don't understand why you would be. Should I be canceled? Is that racist? I think you need to be canceled for that. I think I'm judging his. I think I'm judging his short knockerness, and and translating his boring AF style of golf, of just you know hit fairways, hit greens. It's prejudiced. That's what it is. Yeah, and then I'm just translating that to like this is going to be a terrible interview. But you know what? Brennan Todd is probably one of my favorite interviews we've ever done. He was hilarious. Very nice. Yeah. Great interview. Who was one of the worst that we've done? Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka. Yeah. How about that? One of the worst. Easily one of the worst. Now, I think he would be better now than he was when we did it back then in the in the freaking I church. I, I think it would be marginal. Wherever we were. Yeah. I think it would be marginally better. Maybe so. But dang, you're right, man. Man, I am racist against. Uh, Let me mention Brennan, this about Brennan, about Brennan Todd, though. I mean, he hasn't. I mean, if you look at his last 24 rounds, I mean, the things that you want somebody to do well in this course, other than driving accuracy, he does check the box there. He's fourth in the field, but he's 90th in opportunities gained, 67th on approach, 87th in ball striking, greens and regulation. He's 107th in the field. He does putt extremely well in Bermuda. So I just I don't know I'm not feeling I'm not feeling tired this week. So that what's the 
some a really clever listener needs to what's the term for what I just described? Like when you when you when you prejudge a, a short hitting golfer to be a boring human, what is that called? When you I think die? you gotta come up with a term for that. If you're that's if what you're I mean. That's what I mean. Golf, like yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway, um, great interview. If you've not checked that out, you need to listen to that. I'll give you a quick fun tidbit on that. He told a story about Brian Harmon because um, they both played golf at Georgia together. And he told a story about Brian Harmon and how he got the nickname Cockbite. Yes, mm. Cockbite is Brian Harmon's nickname. Um, well, Pat, this is interesting. And I'll tell you so, what, DB, the, the wild leap is going down really good tonight. Really good. <laughs> so you go ahead you go ahead with your picks. I'm going to remake a drink here. Okay. Um, this is interesting. All right. I'm going to, let's start at the top. My fade that I had written down here is Brendan Todd. And here's the thing. Like I look at the finishes, you talk about his form, not that great. Well, I don't know. I mean, he's playing in great tournaments, you know, strong fields, no cut either, I guess. No cut. Some of the best players in the world. Like I think the form is that you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt. Um, but I don't know what it would take for me to play Brendan Todd as the highest price guy. I don't know. I don't know like what that would entail, but to play Brendan Todd as the highest price guy, I don't think I would ever do. I just, in, in terms of DFS, I would never do it. So I'm not, I'm, I can't do that. I can't justify it. I don't care if he's, if he's low owned. I just don't care. The, the odds, the implied odds of him finishing T5 or better, T10 or better are very marginal compared to some people just below him. And I just can't do it. It's not like DJ's playing in this field. So just can't do it. Uh, I think we, we need to talk about Willie Z. Uh, Willie yeah. Z, I don't mind playing. He does have – I mean, basically, if he, may, if he makes the cut this week, he gets a special temporary exemption on the PJ Tour. He, he kind of takes it up a notch in, in terms of status on the tour. All he has to do is make the cut. I think he will 100% – 99% make the cut. Um, so we'll see what his ownership shakes out to be. You know, we'll talk through that in the nut hut, I'm sure. Uh, my cash play, Pat, is also your cash play, Mr. Denny McCarthy. Couldn't agree more with Denny. I won't belabor the point there. I think he's a very solid pick. Uh, for that price range, the the cut, the, you know, the, the likelihood of him making a cut and the upside for Denny, I think, is very, very good. Um. I'm a little surprised that you are willing to pay $9,000 for Peter Malnati. I'm a little, I'm a little perplexed by that. I mean, there's going to be guys in this field that you're going to have to kind of like think it to yourself, you know, do I want to pay that price for him? Because it's such a weak field and you're, and you, you know, so yeah, I mean, I'm okay with playing that. I mean, looking at, looking at the form, the stats match up to the form. The putting matches up. I can stomach it. I mean, I see what you're saying. I mean, I get it. I mean, that's Peter Malnati. I mean, geez. But here we are at the Bermuda Championship having to make a decision. I like him as a GPP player. And hopefully not everybody plays him and his ownership's low. Because I don't think he's going to have a high ownership. Well, more shocking than you being willing to play him at $9,000 is the fact that I also am willing to play him at $9,000 <laughs> and wrote him down as a GPP play at 9,000, I hope that is not indicative of other talking heads wanting to play him. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it, maybe he's going to be more popular than we think if both of us ended up being on him without talking about this. Um, 
that bothers me a little bit, but I like him for all the reasons you mentioned as well. Now, my other two tournament plays I'm going up to, and I am going to go above 10K, and it's going to be Doc Redman at 10-4. Doc Redman has incredible, you know, upside here, winning upside here, checks all the boxes that you need him to check. He just needs to make some putts. That's all he needs to do. The form is there. The, um, you know, but Bermuda is actually a, a surface where he doesn't lose strokes, which is promising for Doc. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think the upside for Doc at 10-4, I, I love it. And then I'm going to go with Emiliano Grillo. And Emiliano Grillo scares me because he cannot putt. But the ball striking, I think about, you know, if, if the wind does play a factor here, I love the ball striking ability of Grillo. He hits a lot of greens. I mean, he's third in this field in greens and regulation gained and strokes gained approach. Now, fun fact, if you do look at proximity, Pat, from 100 to 125 yards, Emiliano Grillo is number one in this field. He can't hmm. putt, but he can't putt no matter what surface he's on. He can't putt. The form is there. I just feel like it's a really safe play where if he putts okay, there's tremendous upside. If the wind kicks up, I feel like I'm good whether the wind plays a big factor or it doesn't. I feel like he's one of those players that can do do both. So I'm going Grillo, Redman, and Malnati. Um, Redman, the only one that played here last year, finished 35th. By the way, McCarthy played here last year, finished 15th. So there you go. I there struggled is the, a lot with uh, Emiliano this week. I was just looking at him, I, I had him as a GPP play. Then I literally like switched him to a fade. <laughs> then I had him back to like so. I, I don't mind it at all. Um, the putting on Bermuda really just in in, in general. Just, it's just you know, yeah. It's it's every it's everything. The guy can't. The guy just can't putt no matter what. Um, okay, eight K range. I'll start. Uh, I am going to go with the teenager, the Euro teenager, Rasmus Holgard. I don't know if that's how you say his name. Very little PJ Tour experience uh, coming over here, making this event. Just finished uh, playing the, the BMW at Wentworth, which is the last event he played. Missed a cut at the U.S. Open, played pretty poor there but won the UK championship back in August. Before that, he finished third, sixth, and second in a couple of other Euro events. He won early, uh, He won in December of last year at the uh, Afrasia Bank Meritus Open. The kid has some chops. And, you know, we do talk a lot from time to time when you have European tour. That didn't make sense. Talk a lot from time to time. We do talk from time to time. <laughs> that when you have these European tour guys that come over and play in these events, like you got to be careful because, you know, the level of play is not typically the same. However, in this event, such a weak field event, it's one of the weakest rated fields on the PJ tour in a while. Um, this kid has competed in, I believe equivalent or stronger fields on the European tour. This is not a typical PJ tour event where you've got these European guys coming over and, and he's an aggressive young player that uh, hits it really well, um, hits it far, and I think can come out here and, and show what he's, you know, let, let him hang a little bit. So I like Rasmus at 8,800. I think you're going to have some touts talk him up a little bit that are going to be more familiar with some of the European Tour names, but I don't think he's going to get a ton of love, especially if you're playing like the big $10 contest or something like that, a real public contest. I don't think he's going to get a lot of love, so he may give you a, a little bit of an ownership 
uh, edge there. There's a number of names in here I like, but after Rasmus, I'm going to go to Adam Schink. Didn't, he didn't <laughs> play here last year. This is his first time playing here. Putts really well on Bermuda. Has been making a ton of cuts. He's just been consistent. He hasn't really knocked on the door in terms of a top 10, but he's been consistent. And I, 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 like, I like what I'm seeing there. Doesn't do anything super well. You know, decent iron player, um, but just a steady guy of late. And I like the value at 8,100 that I get on Shink. And he's also my cash play. I would roll with Shink and Cash. So I'm going McCarthy and Shank so far in Cash. My fade is going to be Maverick McNeely hmm. uh, at 8,300 as well. Bermuda easily his worst surface, and he's known to be you know I mean he he he's a decent putter in general, but so, so, but Bermuda's his worst. Um, his approach numbers and his accuracy, his fairways gain numbers over the last 24 rounds, pretty abysmal for Maverick. So at 83 hunch, I mean, I like, I obviously like Schenck and Hogard more. I like a couple other names in here more than him. So I think that was an easy fade for me. All right. Well, interesting. So um, I, I do like the Hogard pick. I think that I didn't write him down, but I think that's a good pick. Um, Schenck was one of my GPP plays. So we'll go ahead and get that out of the way. So that's uh, for all this, again, the same reasons you said. Um, my other GPP play is actually Scott Piercy at 8,500. I, I like him this week. You know, Don't mind he's been, it. In de- he's been in decent form, had a top 20 in his last start. You look at the stats, I mean, really good ball striking, top five in the field, sixth in approach, seventh in opportunities gained. You know, driving accuracy checks the box. Putting has been the issue for him uh, on Bermuda. He's, he does not, you know, typically put well in Bermuda, but I just like where he's at as far as his game's concerned. So Scott Piercy at 8,500, I think is a good play. Uh, my cash play, I'm surprised you never mentioned, you didn't mention this guy because, and maybe it's just because we always talk about him, but Henrik Norlander at 8,900. I mean, the guy is, you know, he's making cuts. He checks every single box. I mean, literally, if you look across the board for Henrik yep. Norlander, he is, I mean, even a lot of times you'll see, Okay, they check the box and approach, you know, driving accuracy, greens and regulation, but then putting, it sucks. Well, not for him. I mean, it, it literally is across the board, you know. Well, he's not a great putter. He's not a great putter. No, but he's 28th in the field and putting on, on Bermuda. That's not bad. And he may not be a good, good putter in general. Shows how terrible least... the, the field is of putting on Bermuda. Because yeah. <laughs> so, a bad putter. Well, but by the way, Henrik, Henrik will be on the show soon. He will be on the show soon, and don't sleep on him. Very funny guy. Sneaky funny guy. He and is. Very honest. He'll be very honest about some stuff. Yeah. yeah. So and I, I like him as about a... Henrik, and I didn't mention him just because I, I, I know he's popular. I was trying to go with something. But um, it, in this field, there may not be – I mean, there may be two or three other players in the field that hit it more on the titties than Henrik Bollander. Yeah. Like – dead center every single time incredible ball striker like great ball strikers that are regulars on the pj tour would tell you that henrik norlander hits it extremely solid every single time so when when plays a factor henrik's a good play for that yeah and I, i love it so he will be my cash play and you can play him in tournaments if you want as well too and then danny willett 8,200. I can't believe you didn't say Willette. Remember when you used to say Willette all the time? Literally, if if you saw my mouth moving while you were talking, 
it was because I kept looking at it and I was like, I was like, I know I'm going to say Willette. I know I'm going to say it. I don't know why it happens every single time, but I did it right that time. He's my fade. Look, we haven't seen him since the U.S. Open, which he missed the cut, but that's fine. I mean, like, look, everybody kind of missed the cut there, it seems like. But – and he's he was showing some form. But if you look at him from a stat standpoint here, it's terrible. I mean, 85th ball striking, 105th approach, 82nd in driving accuracy, 99th in greens and regulation, and doesn't putt very well on Bermuda. I think Danny Willett is a guy that you just fade this week and don't play at all. I know he's a bigger name in this range if you if you like the name guys, but at eight eighty two hundred, don't want to play him. Do want to play Peter Monotti at nine nine thousand? Don't want to play Danny Willett at eighty two hundred. Oh, Danny was your fade. Yeah, he was my fade. Oh, I thought you said you wanted to play him. Okay. All right. Um, hey, before we get into this, by the way, I want to remind everybody about the Nut Hut contest, the Listener League contest. If you're in the Nut Hut as a member, be sure and get in the weekly DraftKings Listener League contest. It's free to enter. If you win, we're going to do one every single week. So there's like, what, 40 something more chances to do this. Every single week, we're going to do a Listener League contest, free to enter. And the winner of that week's tournament is going to then advance to the finals. Um, in the in the summer of next summer of 2021, we're gonna have other ways you can advance to the finals as well. But basically, you just need to play every week, and then the winner after the finals is over um, at the Northern Trust. Is that right? Is it the Northern Trust we're gonna do, or is this a tournament before that? It's one no, of the, it's the Northern. It's the Northern Trust because there, that has a cut. Okay, whatever the 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 first playoff event that has a cut is gonna be the finals. Whoever yeah. wins that is going to win a trip to either Augusta or Savannah to play golf with me and Pat, um, either at my home course at Champions Retreat, where they host the Augusta National Women's Amateur, or Pat's home course in Savannah at the Landings, where they host uh, the Corn Ferry Tour event at Deer Creek. Both beautiful spots. We'll have a great time. All, we'll take care of your, your, your expenses. It'll be great. It's going to be a lot of fun, but you got to get in. And the more weeks you play, the more chances you have to do it. Now, the Nut Huts is popping right now. Absolutely popping. We've moved over to Discord. Yeah, love it. Uh, I, I feel like everybody's moved over to Discord. We've not had any more problems. But um, I did record a YouTube video. It's like four minutes. If you go to our YouTube page, I recorded a YouTube video on how to sign up and then get to the Discord channel. It's very easy if you if you're having problems you're confused or you're scared and you just want to watch that video it's four minutes it'll make it very clear for you but go to tourjunkies.com to start if you haven't already create an account a nut hut account it's ten dollars a month or ninety dollars for the year uh we would love for you to go ahead and do that i do believe nut hut prices will be increasing in 2021 as we've taken on a little more finances with discord and the whole other the new member back end and all that stuff so get in get in now um it's a good time and we got super sharp people anthony our boy anthony ac's in there tim gaiman uh not mark not crazy marcus miklovich um plenty of sharps in there kissler is just funny nita's in there she's awesome bunch of sharp people in there yeah, we got a it's... we got our boy josh who won the millionaire makers in there like give me a break so it's it's good stuff i mean you Look, I mean, and people are in there all day. I'm surprised at how much time all day. people have. Well, Discord <laughs> makes it easy now. Yeah, Discord you just makes get it easy on your phone and, and yeah. 
It's yeah. Discord's un, unreal. It has Discord's been a great change. Now it was a little bit of pain. We, there was we had a little bit of a pain moving over, and then once it started, yeah. but I think now we're we're we've hit our stride a little bit. So um, weekly caddy but, info as well, typically. Yeah. Typically, and everything is info. all sectioned out. Like, so if you need the yeah. caddy info, you can go into that section. Um, you can do like I did. There's a there's actually a Nut Hut football section, and I started commenting. It's the Hut Hut. Yeah, I started commenting in the Hut Hut about last night's game, but I, I thought I was I thought I was in the the Hut Hut, but I was actually in the Nut Hut. So like I'm sitting there talking about some football player, and Crazy Marcus is like, "What the f are you talking about?" <laughs> so. Then I figured out how you can delete. You can delete messages and things like that because I, I was like, I got to get about that. it, huh? Technology, I got to get that baby. out of there before David sees it and gets on to me the next day about like you. You were talking about Will Disley, the tight oh end. Oh my for the god! Seattle well, I mean, the the fact that we can share these gifts and photos and videos so easily on Discord, and you can save them like crazy. Marcus is making these wild gifts and Photoshop things. I can just save them to my phone. That's great. Um, you got the caddy info channel, you got, uh, it's just a lot of fun. It's, it's a, it is a lot of fun. It's, it's made me get more involved, um, in it. And it's just a fun community. And honestly, it may, it, it has really driven me in the last couple of weeks. It's driven me to want to have a listener event in 2021 more than I've ever wanted to have one. And Cause I, I want Cause all these people to, I want to meet all these people and have some such fun. A, um, yeah. Such a great community. Um, I don't know where you're going next, but I'm going to tell you to start the 7K range because I got to go run, do something real quick, and I'll be right back. You got to, you got to, your prostate acting up. You got to go take a leave. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. That's acting up. All right. Um, let's get to, by the way, also, if you're a member of the Nut Hut, you get 20% off everything in the shop. By the way, by the way, brand new tour, tour junkies towels come into the shop. Our old towels are great. These new ones, way better. Okay, I'm just going to tell you. Got new ones coming. Those will be hitting the shop this week. You get 20% off of everything you purchase. Brand new items, old items, don't matter. If you're a member of the Nut Hut, you get 20% off anything you buy. Um, those are hitting the shop this week. And if you're a Nut Hut member, you always know first if we're going to do some sort of event. And we're also working on getting Nut Hut members um, deeper discounts to some of our sponsors. Working on that actively. I'm excited about it. All right. Let's get to the 7K range. Of course, Pat would leave and leave me with this. There's some hard decisions to be made up here. Um, all right, I'm going to go – I'm going to save my – well, all right, I'll start with this. Pa I'll tell you my, my fade. I'm fading Patrick Rogers, the guy – and I've played Patrick Rogers a little bit this year. The price, the value for Patrick Rogers at 7,900, when you look at his form and the key stats for him, uh, it, it is, it is just, it's not great. He missed the cut here last year. He's an awful wedge player, terrible wedge player. Accuracy off the tee, terrible. Strokes gained approach over the last 24 rounds, terrible. Basically, he's a good putter. He, he is a good putter and he hits it a long way. But I think the distance is neutralized here. And I don't love that he can't hit a fairway. And if he's spraying it off the fairway and his irons are bad, Wind or no wind, I don't like it. So, Rodgers is my fave. My cash play is going to be, and I would play him in tournaments as well, is Sepp Straka. At 7,600, I love Sepp here. Georgia boy, good, good from a couple key wedge distances. 
um, can score with the best of them. Gain strokes on Bermuda. It's not his best surface. It's actually better on bent, but gain strokes on Bermuda. And when you look at the recent form, you, you kind of see a little, a little hit and miss. I mean, I think the Sanderson Farms miscut was kind of shocking. Um, 43rd at the Shriners, you know, not much to write home about, but, you know, Punta Cana did okay. Safeway did pretty good. Missed the cut at the Northern Trust and Wyndham and 66 at the PGA. All three tough, tough fields, you know, stronger fields. But he's got top 10 upside. Like we've, we've seen the top 10 upside. Fourth place at the Houston Open last year. Fourth place at the Amex earlier this year. Eighth at the Rocket Mortgage. So like he's got go low ability and he can score. And on, on the par fives where he can take advantage of his distance, I think he will. So I like Sepp and Cash for tournaments. Three tournament plays in the 7K range. I, man, I'm going to play Wesley Bryan. I, I, think, I, I think this is a perfect spot for him. It's a perfect course for him. And we've seen him come off his medical and play pretty well lately. 12th at the Sanderson. Uh, 31st at the Wyndham. 21st at the Rocket Mortgage. He's always been a good putter. And the approach play has been really solid. He always finds fairways. He's gained a little distance. He's a really good wedge player. I like him at 7,800. And then I'm going to drop, um, and I like a few names up here. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to skip though. I'm going to want to try to give you some lower, some lower priced, uh, some lower priced guys here. All right. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with, uh, with old Duff daddy. I'm going to go with Jason Duffner. Horrible putter. That's going to be the key. But he's one of those guys that he's so good tee to green, he checks every box. Literally top 10 in this field in wedge play, greens and regulation gains, strokes gained approach, top 20 in fairways gained. Just can't putt. If he can make a few putts, also if the wind kicks up, another player who hits it out the center a lot. I like the value for Duffner at 7,100. And then finally, I'm going to go with Cameron Percy, the Australian. Uh, played, played here last year, finished 48th. He's been in good form. We've seen some good finishes out of him in the last few weeks. Sixth in the field in the strokes gained approach. 14th in greens and reg. Um, decent wedge player. Eighth at the Corrales. 23rd at the Safeway. I think Percy's going to give you some salary relief at 7K, and I don't think he'll be all that popular. So that's the 7K range. Oh, you got the towels? Towels. Look at those towels. Show Look them the, the logo on that though. And and now these are tour towels. So they're 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 full size. They're like link, they're like bigger towels. Uh, these are not, not full on bath towels, but they're these mm -hmm. things are so that's the black one. If you're a real player, you you wear the you use these towels. It's this is the white one. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. I mean, look, and the embroidery on those bad boys are fire. And look, just like got some that thickness. gets in the grooves real well that right yeah. there hits those grooves mm. very satisfying that's a satisfying okay. towel wow i heard you mention jason duffner so i thought i was yeah. thinking about putting him down i was scared i was scared i have to admit i was scared to, to talk about him and so i didn't and what now i'm uh kind of regretting that a little bit hey while you're doing this i'm gonna go get some more ice so i can pour me another drink all right, so I'm going to start. I don't even know who you picked, so I'm just going to go with the guys that I like here. So I like some Scott Stallings at 7,800. I think he is a really good tournament play. I mean, you look at the stats for him, checks of ox and ball striking approach, also opportunities gained and greens and regulation. Eh, decent 
two not so decent putter on Bermuda, but still, I think this is a this is a good week for him. He actually played. I believe he played here last year. Could be wrong. Yeah, he played here last year. Had a T eighteen finish. So uh, I think Scott Stallings makes for some sense. And he, he, he look. Does that even work? Like makes for some sense. Makes for some sense. He oh, makes he for makes, some sense. He makes for some sense. Um, <laughs> he did miss the cut in his last event with Shriners, but finished T six at Sanderson Farm. So I like Scott Stallings. Another guy I'm going back to the well on Tyler McCumber. Down here at the bottom at 7,300, even though he missed the cut in his last event, I still like where the form is. You know, you look at the stats for him, checks the box in ball striking, approach, opportunities gained. We know he's a birdie maker. I mean, that guy's as aggressive as they come. He now, he may be short, short in stature, but it's not like he can't get it out there. You know, the, the guy can, the guy can hit. Who are you talking about? It. Tyler McCumber. Uh, dude, Tyler's a bomber. Yeah, I love Tyler. Is he that short? He's like our height, my height. Um, he's kind of small. He's a, he's smallish in stature. Dude, you smallish can't come. In stature? You can't. You can't come from Mark McCumber being your dad and like. Dude, we some... interviewed Tyler in person at the Web.com event. I swear to you, he's probably my height. No, that's that is total BS. We need. We're gonna, I'm going to right now to the PJ. I'm going right now to PJ Tour to see what they say. He's no way he's over six feet tall. I didn't say he's oh, – I'm not over six feet tall. There's his dad, just, Mark. Anyway, um, I like Mark McCumber. Um, the other guy that I like down here in the 7,100 area – Five foot Doug. ten. He's, he's two inches shorter than he's, he is. He's, he's not a big guy. Is Doug Gim at 7,100. Another guy that checks the box. Gag a maggot. Doug Gim. Look, we're trying to find some some plays here for the folks. I Whoa, mean, that was really strong. Look, he did the finish. Boy just 20. made a very strong four. Okay. Oh, Gim God. was 20, 23rd at the Sanderson oh, Farms. God. Looking at the stats, checks the box and ball striking approach, opportunities gained, driving accuracy, greens and regulation. Mm. I like some Doug Gim. I think he makes for a great tournament play, low-owned. As a matter of fact, I think he could be a decent bet. By the way, um, what was that number I saw on him? Anyway. We've already spent way too much time on Doug Gim. That's it. That's all I've got there for him. Uh, My cash play is Stuart Sink. Just, I mean, Sink is being Sink. He's just, he's playing well. This is a perfect – I mean, another short course. He didn't he have to He sucked after he kicked his son off the bag, though. He was doing so good, and then he then he, he got Kip Henley back on the bag, and, and he lost 10 strokes with his irons that week. That Literally is kind 10. Of, Literally is, 10. I'm not exactly – I'm not – you know how some people, like, throw in, he lost 10, just put 10 the number in there just for kicks and giggles. No, he literally lost 10 strokes. When did he kick him off? Because he he finished he followed up the win and he had a he had a twelfth place finish at Sanderson Farms. Was his son he on the bag it. for that one? His are you kidding? Was his son on the bag for that? That's all the the freaking broadcast shoved down our throat the entire day. I was what? Remember I had uh who's the guy he cucked for me? I had that week. Was no, it uh, when Doc? he won? When he won was when they shoved it down our throats. I'm talking about yes. the Sanderson Farms with the. Tw- he was on that one too. He let he let his son go one more. He was on that one too. Okay. And then he and then he kicked him off, and he lost ten shots on approach for Kip Henley. Like Kip was like giving him, I don't know what Kip, like in the weeks he was off, he forgot how to add or something. 
either way, in this 7K range, I think Sink is a pretty safe cash play. I mean, as safe as they get for a 7K range guy. Um, my fade Hell is, is going to be a guy that you mentioned early in the podcast of having a great round here. That is Russell Knox. Yes. That's your fade, Russell. huh? Yep. Russell Knox is going to be in fade at 7600. I think the I think the ownership's going to be a little bit high on him for this range. He's missed his last two cuts. Um, you look at the stats for him; they're they're decent, you know. But he's 104th in the field in putting on Bermuda. He's 72nd in greens and regulation, 55th in fairways gain. So I think Russell Knox could be a, a little bit of a trap play this week. So he will be my fade in this category. I didn't hear any of what your plays were. Was there anything that I said that you had agreement with, or were you totally different? Which I hope I kind of hope you were totally different. I kind of I kind of like the Scott Stallings play. Um, I, I'm a little I can't decide if I like sink or not at 79. Um, I hate your Doug Gim play. Let me ask you this. So we've learned a lot about points bet lately, which is a new place that you can bet on. Um, it's a legal sports book in New Jersey, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, very soon to be Colorado and very soon to be Tennessee. If you're in those states and you've not signed up for points bet, we would encourage you to, and you can do so using, uh, one of our promo codes. We have TJ 250, which gets you a free $250 bonus when you deposit up to 250. So TJ 250 or, uh, TJ bet, check that one out. That gives you a couple of free bets up to like a thousand dollars. I think it's pretty sweet. So TJ Bet or TJ250 are your are your promo codes for Points Bet. I was just about to ask you, because Points Bet hasn't set their points betting numbers yet. They've got outrights up and top tens and top twenties. All that's up. But Doug Gim, I wonder what his points bet number would be. Because I would take the over basically, I mean, unless they give me like 120, I would take the over on Doug Gim. So Points Bet does this thing where they they all they do all the traditional betting stuff but they they also will set an over number and an under number for a player and let's say for Doug Gim let's just say for Doug Gim it is 65 65th place right let's say that's the that's the uh the over number if I bet the over on that and I say let's say I bet I bet five dollars that's my stake if he finishes uh 75th 10 spots worse than what the 65 number was you multiply 10 times five i i win 50 dollars because i said he would he would play he would go over if he finishes 45th place and i pick the over then it's 20 spots better times my five and i have to pay 100 to points bet very interesting game um but i wonder what his number will be come tomorrow afternoon and i would take the over because i think doug gim is a terrible play here Okay, that's uh, whatever. Uh, I'm going to take a lot of risks this week. And anyway, in points bet's place. a lot of fun. It is. It's a, that's a good game. Check out tourjunkies.com. I wrote an article about how to play, kind of an intro to it. Um, I'm really interested in it. And uh, so, if you want to just get a quick read about it, you can go to the blog and check out my points bet article. So, uh, all right, six K range. We ready for that? Yeah few names in here I like. I like your boy Lebiota, your doppelganger. Um, mm, like Hank finished third here last year, and I think a lot of people probably be on to him. Finished third. He's not a great putter. That's his problem. 
he's gotten a putting lesson from a key from a he's gotten some new putting insight lately which I hope pays off and he's been doing okay for 44th at the Sanderson 21st at the Corrales um 26th at the 3M that's all good so he comes now to a place he's comfortable he finished third last year like I think that's I think that's a promising thing for young Hank um so I like that I, I like this is weird to say okay I have I don't say this often I like David Hearn at $6,700. Mm. 33rd at Corrales, 14th at Safeway, always hits fairways. He's, he's another you know, guy who if we were interviewing him, I'd be like, oh, God, this is about to be the most boring interview in the world. It's a lot of fairways, um, decent wedge player, finished eighth here last year, so he's got a little bit of experience. I, I kind of looked at some guys down here that have played this event and played it well. You know I love some Chris Baker at 6,500 recently found out he's not European. He's from like Indiana or something. Um, but he checks a lot of boxes. He is eighth in strokes gained approach, 11th in greens and reg, 10th in fairways gain, checks a box in the wedge distances, all of the above. He's like top 10 or top 20 in, in the last 24 rounds. So played here last year, finished 31st. Michael Gligic, Gligigigu, Gligigugu. Mm. You know, Gligic really ticked me off last time I played him, but I think Gligic is an interesting play. Um, he's been he's been solid, and he played here last year as well, finished like 58th or something. And then finally, a guy I don't know that I've ever played. At $6,400, finished 11th here last year. Uh, he was one of the names I told you shot a 64 here last year, and that's Josh Teeter. Um, mm. Very accurate player, good wedge player, really good wedge player actually. And best putting surface is Bermuda. So I'll go with Josh Teeter at 64. So I got okay. five names down here. Wow. I'm just going to give you – well, I got a few because you already mentioned a couple of them. But Baker is one of them. So for the same reasons, I do like Baker. Mm -hmm. And Leviota is another one that I liked as well. But I'll give you three more or two more that I like besides those two. I like Bo Hostler at 6,900. Now, I never seem to get this guy right, but you the guy's – he you, is I don't think his, you've ever gotten Bo Hostler right. I've never gotten him right, but he's made Do his Do you only goal. like Bo Hostler because he, he wears one of those oversized visors that makes you think he's like young Freddie Couples? Are you like lusting over Bo because as he's walking down the fairway and you see that big old visor coming off his no, front actually, head? You think, oh, my God, look at He's got a good personality. Look at Freddie. Okay. Let's, let's not get into that because – Hostler isn't even close to having the amount of swag that Freddie Who? Couples has. Hostler. 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 Bo. He's not even close. Like, look, don't even get him in the same realm as Freddie Couples. So let's let's get that out of the way. That's that's just, I'm just that makes me the mad just even thinking about it. But he's been playing pretty well. He's made his last four cuts. You know, I mean, he's the stats aren't great, but I mean, he's been, you know, he's had some good finishes. So I like in the nineties, back in the nineties, like kids would lay their heads down to go to sleep at night and they'd look up at their ceiling. And most kids, teenage boys, maybe would have a picture a poster. Remember when posters were a thing, you'd go to like Spencer's mm -hmm. and you'd get a really raunchy poster. Most posters were like Kelly Kapowski, 
from Saved by the Bell or like Pamela Anderson from like Baywatch or Barbed Wire. Remember those days? You'd have one of those. Okay, wait, one of my wait, buddies. Wait. I know where you're going because this is totally different. You would have a Fred Couples. Girls. Pat would be looking up at Fred Couples. Oh, Fred. No, no. Fred would be so looking down on him with this, right? You're not comparing this right. Ashworth people, shirt on and Pat would be, Pat, you probably slept in an Ashworth polo. People would you? have, this is you slept totally, in an Ashworth polo. This is not a good comparison. People had. You're not denying their, it. You still haven't denied they it. They had, I have not slept in an Ashworth polo. Well, I may have, but I can't remember. Anyway, <laughs> yes. but people are not, people uh, are not, like, I still had the posters of the Kelly Kapowskis and the Pamela Andersons, but it's like you may have had a Bo Jackson or a Michael Jordan or something like that. You know, that might, Herschel Walker. I had King Griffey. I can't King believe Griffey. I mentioned Bo Jackson before Herschel Walker. But anyway, poster. But here's the thing. Couples was just, I mean, he he had the it factor when he was, you know, Ooh. in his heyday. And you know what he did? By the way, you know what he did? He did this all the time. Stop it. Stop he did it. The, he did the shoulder thing that I do all the time. Go watch the tape. He does it all the time. Okay, he but a does. lot of golfers do that before they're about to hit a shot. Like Patrick Reed does that. And they'll do no, that kind of tucking their sleeves had, under couples there. Couples will like walk down the fairway and he'd be like, Oh my God, that's where you got it from. That is the that is that makes it even worse. You cannot convince me otherwise that you didn't have a poster of Fred Couples up up, up on your ceiling. Anyway, the, I didn't have a poster of Fred Couples, but I, I probably would have if they made them. I don't think that they made golf posters back in the day like that until Tiger <laughs> until true. Tiger came along. Fun fact, very very quick story. My dad pulled Fred Couples over. Have I ever told you that story? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Pulled pulled Fred Couples over. I think you've already told it on the pod, but I could be wrong. Really? Okay. Well, I'll, I'll stop there. Um, you got any more? Last play, I'll go with Chase Seifert at 6,600. Did miss the cut at the Shriners, but had a T17 at the Sanderson Farms, 41st at uh, at uh, Corrales. Uh, you look at his stats. Um, yeah. Where's where are his stats? Where are your stats, Chase Seifert? Not bad. 31st in ball striking, 30th on approach. Driving accuracy, greens and regulation, checks the box, and putting on Bermuda as well. So Chase Seifert at 6,600, last play in that range. Um, did you know? Do you have any? Do you have any Fred Couples cards? Uh, like a. What do you mean, like a um, like a sports card, like a baseball yeah. card? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Are those a thing? I don't. Do they make golf cards? Like yeah, they make golf cards. cards. I have a couple from like way back in the day. I don't. But what? What is your like? Let's. I think I have a Luke Donald I think, card. I think this is interesting. What like what baseball card have you owned? Is like your most coveted King baseball. King. Like, do you still have it? Yeah, I have like 60 King Griffey Jr. cards all in hard cases. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Mine is like an 86, 85 or 86 Mark McGuire. Ooh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. I have a signed Bob the- Feller. I have a signed Bob Feller 1949 like nine Bowman card. People are into the cards these days. I'm they seeing are. that more They've and more back. on the social. On- by the way, speaking of baseball cards, one of the first baseball cards that I got was, did you know that there was a pitcher in the major leagues named Pat Perry? <laughs> no. There is. 
No. I think he played right. for the Reds. Anyway, we're going off the rails. Here, yeah, it's already is, been too this long. This is the Let, Bermuda Championship. So. Yeah, let's get into some sportsbook picks here. Um, as I'm looking at it right now, so here on Monday, and obviously DB's Big Balls betting card will be up on the website starting on Tuesday with an update on Wednesday. Pat's Not That Anybody Cares betting card will be tweeted out, which although has become it's been a thing, very hot. It's been very which hot. Is, it's become a thing for some reason, and – we didn't Listen, win anything last week, but last week. we were close. We were close. There were some close but, ones. But but when the when the rare thing is that you didn't win betting golf outrights, you're doing something right. You know what I mean? You're yeah, doing something yeah. right. So um, let's look at some outrights, and I have two top ten numbers that I'm kind of looking at. I, I'm not going to – I do like – It's this is kind of tough. It's long shot season, but – there's a lot of really attractive names in like the fifties, like the forties and fifties. Luke list interests me at 45 to one about as short. Let me tell you this about as short as I would go is McCarthy at 35, 35 to one. I like McCarthy on DK. Um, See, I would go Norlander at 35 to one. I don't mind that either. Actually. I don't mind that either. Luke so list at 45. Guy. I kind of like Luke's going to come down to putting. Wesley Bryan is at 60 to 1 on points bet, which I, I, I like that number. Sepp Straka is at 50 to 1 on points bet. I like that a lot. I think win equity there is good. Our boy Peter Malnati is at 55 to 1 on DK. I mean, dude, if long shot season is not defined by betting Peter Malnati, the biggest dork on the whole of the PGA Tour, the guy that a couple weeks ago when he was awaiting on whether or not he'd be in a playoff wasn't warming up on the range, but he was dad shaming all of us by like hanging out with his newborn and his wife, like sitting down having a picnic while the tournament was finishing up behind him. That Peter Malnati, if long shot season is not defined by betting that guy, then I don't want any part of it. See, I want to lay must, a full unit on Peter Malnati. See, you must have been looking at that one way earlier than I did because I pulled it up right before the show and that's already been put down to 45 to 1. Oh, I can't do that. So can you do it at 45 to 1? I'll, I'll do a half unit. I, it was See, I liked it. I like it at 45 to 1. I like it. I mean, I like it better at 55 to 1. It was 55 to 1 earlier. Is that is that the best number? Is points bet any better? I'm, oh, wait. You're on points bet or you're on DraftKings? He was 55 to 1 on – oh, God. He's 40 to 1 on points bet. Yeah, he's 45 – He's Who is betting down one. Peter Malnati? What the is going on? I don't know. This is crazy town for me. I'm starting to think he's going to be chalky, actually. We talked about him in DFS. I'm starting to think he, he might be more chalky than we think, which is absolutely bananas. Um, anyway, getting into the – well, okay. Your boy Stallings at fifty to one is interesting. Justin Sue at fifty-five to one is interesting. Scott Piercy at fifty to one. You mentioned him on the show. Do you bet he's on points bet at fifty to one? Do you bet? You were ashamed to talk about this guy in DFS, but Duffner at eighty to one. I like it. it. Here's the thing about Duffner. In the event he makes a few putts, like in the event he can make some putts, he could win this thing by like six shots. He really could. Because his ball at, striking is so good. It's so good. I agree. And that's, why and I, that's I, how I bad at, his putting is. His putting is un, 
unbelievably terrible. I am. I am. I am, my face is going to be numb by the end of TJ After Dark. I just want to let you know. Because of this this big Locker. drink you just poured. Yeah. <clears throat> All um, right. Getting into the longer numbers. I think Lebiota on points bet at 100 to one is automatic, considering his his form, his history here. Checks boxes. I think that's I think that's very good. Um, love Chris Baker. There's a there's a, a contingent at 125 to one. All well, let's see. No, actually, they're bigger than that on points bet. Dang. So Chris Baker is 200 to one on points bet and 125 to one on DK. Now you can look at that one of two ways and go, man, points bet has him way, you know, under underpriced or DK has him way overpriced, but I think he's actually underpriced. So 200 to one with Chris Baker. I like Michael Gligic is another one, 125 to one on DK, 150 to one on points bet. And then Josh Teeter, 125 to one on DK and 150 on points bet. So points bet, the longer numbers, a little more generous here. Uh, and I like all three of those guys. We talked about all three of them in the DFS side, Baker, Gligic and Teeter, all three played here last year. Teeter finished 11th. Um, all three made the cut last year. Checking some boxes. Gligic's probably shown the better form of the three of late, but all three checking boxes. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, again, I don't mind any of those. Um, I will. I will say I do like some Max Homa going a little shorter. Max Homa at ninety to one on DraftKings. <laughs> I think that's a good play. Um, I will. I'll, I'll, we didn't talk about Homa in DFS. It's a. It's a big. It feels like a big name for this event to be as priced to be priced as bad as he is. Um, yeah. And obviously the I form's agree. not good. And there's the the rumor. Well, it's not probably not a rumor. I mean, he's he's a uh, great dude. Just shot the course record in Ponte Vedra uh, this past weekend with the No Laying Up Boys. I saw. Which that. is great. That's great. I mean, that's great. That means he's playing well. He went low. I, I don't know that that's worth putting a whole lot of stock into. But I think Homa is an interesting name. We know he has win equity. Here's another interesting name besides Homa, and I agree with that. Hudson Swafford. Mm-hmm. Did he not just win? He did, and we bet him at 150 to one. Did he? Did he not just get us a first round leader bet also? At 100 to one, yes, sir. Yes, sir. We we were 250 to one on Hudson Swafford. He's a hundred and twenty-five to well, one. Exactly. hundred and twenty-five yeah. to one on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Now he's well, ninety he came, to one. He came out and sucked after that, but no, he did. But he's ninety to one at points bet. So there's a big difference there. But here's but, I mean, another here, coastal course like like Corrales. I mean, it's the same kind of course. You know, mm -hmm. it's a guy that should play well here. I mean, why why do you get off of a guy? I know he missed his last two cuts. But he also just won just a few weeks ago. I think that's pretty good value for a guy who just won recently at 125 to one on DraftKings. I think that's, you know, I'm willing to, you know, look. Brendan Todd did it last year. He won at Bermuda, and then he won, I think, the next week, what in yep. Mexico or something or whatever. So it's not like it can't happen. Um, so at 125 to one, I, I like some Swafford there. I think that's a good play. Um, can I tell you? Can I tell you um, my uh, 
um, my tall, uh, my, my, my Pat's order at Starbucks bed of the week, the tall light roast leave, leave room for cream Starbucks order, <laughs> but probably cost you about $4. You know that you you got that from my one order with this past week, and that's <laughs> yeah. not like what I always order, but it just happened yeah. okay. that day. I was wanting the light whatever, roast. and anyway, I'm not go even ahead. gonna go. You went grande. I'm not even going grande. I'm going tall, which is the shorter okay. one, which is yeah, the dumbest the thing ever. But it's the shorter one, the cheaper one, four dollars maybe. I normally don't do this, but there are two names at massive numbers on DraftKings. I'm talking massive numbers. And if you just put $4 on each of them and kissed a goodbye, like you were drinking a cup of coffee and crapping it out 30 minutes later. I don't drink coffee. I rent it. So you're just crapping it out. Matt Every at 600 to 1. 600 to 1. A guy who's won Bay Hill a couple times. Like, he's a train wreck. But 600 to 1. Is he still 600 to 1? He's still six hundred to one. Yeah, that nobody, is, nobody. That that uh, those odds aren't going to change. That is massive. Nobody's nobody's looking at those guys. Those are not the odds that are going to change. It's the people. Uh, it's I the mean, Peter Monatis of the world that are going to change. I mean, Matt Every is known to just come out of nowhere and have a week. That's just what that, he's literally stayed on the PGA Tour because of that. What if this is the week and you miss it? It's six hundred to one. The other name is a much lesser known name, but he's a Corn Ferry player, um, Corn Ferry Tour player. And let me let me pull this up before I get into this. He he was on my radar last year, and he just didn't really pan out. But he won in August on the Corn Ferry Tour, and he is four hundred to one. And his name is Seth Reeves. He's four hundred to one on DK. He won in August. He followed that up in late August at the Corn Ferry Tour Championship and finished third. So this guy has upside. Now he's he misses a lot of cuts. Okay, but he has now upside. That one, I just I'm contradicting myself now because are you looking at DraftKings? Yeah, that one's that's no longer. It's two twenty five to one. Somebody D- figured him out. Damn it! Somebody. Okay, somebody well, figured two, him out. He's two fifty to one on points bet, so you get a little extra. Golly, he was four hundred to one this afternoon. 250 to one right now. This is now why you need to look at odds, by the way, on Monday yeah. and look through these things because they get it. I mean, they get it wrong, especially with some of these. I mean, yeah. Seth Reeves is his name. All right. Well, that's enough of that. That that's that took incredibly. We need to get time. into your your the putter throw because we're already too far gone into this. All right. It's time for the final segment of the night, the putter throw. And this has everything to do with me continuing to hate Bryson DeChambeau. Now, I have we have been blocked by Bryson on Instagram on the Tour Junkies account, but thankfully, my personal account I can go and 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 check him out every now and then. The only reason I even use my personal account is to go stalk what Bryson's doing. And you can call me a loser because I can't stand the guy and I still want to stalk him. It is what it is. It's content for me. I need to preface this with two things because if I don't, you people out there are going to be like, <laughs> so let me preface by saying this. Bryson is great for the game. Okay. Great for the game. 
on a lot of levels. Number one, golf needs a villain. Absolutely. Patrick Reed can't be on an island. We need more Bryson. Okay. Golf needs a villain. He makes it interesting. It's fun to, to I, I'm a hundred percent on board with guys not being totally vanilla and like, you know, just robots out there. Great for the game. Great for guys like me and Pat who have a business around PJ tour content. Fantastic. I'm excited that he's in the game so that I can do things like this. So number one, I'll say that. Okay. Number two, I have a lot of respect for him. I respect his ability, his talent, what he has said he was going to do pre-quarantine, what he did, how he did it, how he's doing it, and how he's going to keep doing it. I respect it, like totally respect it. I don't think he's breaking any rules. I don't think he's, he's, you know, he's, he's doing anything he shouldn't. None of that. And as a result, I'm not saying – Okay, please hear me on this because all the all the betting and you know golf betting and like stat nerds and analytical nerds diehards out there will be like, you're just a you're just a crappy better because you let your feelings get in the way of you know ROI or whatever. For, I'm not saying that I won't play him, I won't bet on him. I've hated him since day one. Now my hate has grown exponentially. I have never been a Bryson fan ever since day one. It started in college with his stupid hat and his single length irons. I just didn't like it. I just was like, nope, I'm out on this guy. And then, you know, it just kind of grew from there. But despite that, I still played him and I still bet him. In fact, I was reminiscing earlier with Pat. We, we talked him up and hit him at 80 to one at the Northern Trust two years ago. Um, 80 to one. Not many people can say they hit Bryson at 80 to one. Okay. And you probably never will again, but anyway, I will continue to play him if I think it's worth it, if the value's there and I will bet him. Maybe I'm not going to bet him as a top three player in the field because I don't bet anybody in the top three in golf. So I'm not, but I'm not saying if that's something you do or want to do, you shouldn't just because you don't like him. So I just want to get those out of the way before everybody goes and gets all bananas on me. As a person, he is a total weenie. I can't freaking stand him. I mean, I can't. Weenie. Stand I didn't know him. weenie was about to come out of your mouth. I thought something else was, but weenie. Okay, here's. here's I mean, everybody thing. like douchebag is used too much though for that, him because he's like, that. Yeah, but it it it's. It's too like you know, like with Deshambo douchebag, like it's overused. You gotta come up like so. Weenie, to me, Weenie is uh, is good. I like that. Go with go with Weenie and let's go from there. If our Australian friend Michael Caridi is listening, he's a sook, which is an Australian word. It's a bad word. He's a sook. Okay, but he's a weenie. It's it really really started. Okay, well let me tell you where it started to kind of like like if you're on a roller coaster of hatred, right? And you're going in that first that first hill, and it's like click 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 click. You know, like you're getting to that click, and I can't really click that well because I'm starting to slur. But as you click, and you're like nearing the top, for me with Bryson, it was when I started when when he started getting interviewed in the press room at every PGA Tour event he was in because I watch every press conference that the PGA Tour puts on every week, and I would listen to his answers and the way he talked to people. 
the way he talked to the press, the way he talked about and around tour players and about how smart he was compared to everybody else and how he had figured this out and blah, blah. And I don't care if it's all true, but just the arrogance and the pompous attitude that he has and the way he comes off, it started like that. That was me. I'm like clicking towards Bryson hatred. You guys see how Pat's just completely checked out right now. Well, because I've already heard this before. Then, then it kind of came. Then it kind of came. It, it, it got further. It got further legs when a couple people that we know, close to the tour, a couple people we know that have done things with Bryson behind the scenes. And I'm not saying that everybody that says something is telling the truth. Okay. But when a handful of people who we, we know and, and trust tell us things about how a guy behaves when the lights and the cameras aren't on, when that comes back to me, after I already have this feeling, it further gets, gets in there, right? So that happened. Now I'm starting to like, I'm like getting to the top of the roller coaster of Bryson hatred, and I'm about to go full bore down. The moment for me where I went full bore, this guy's a weenie, is the quarantine 14 minute IGTV video that he had produced that I will never get back from my life. But at the same time, I wanted to watch it because I just sit there and go, what a freaking butt muncher. I can't stand this guy. The, the, the video, if you didn't see it was, and I'm not going to get into it fully documented his quest for bulk and his protein shakes and his weightlifting and what he did during quarantine and, you know, shots of him driving in his car. And it was the, it was the most. (laughs) You had to stop yourself from saying a word you didn't want to say right there. I don't want to get canceled. It was the worst. (laughs) Okay. It was the key total worst video. And I'm thinking this guy has no self-awareness, no, no, just none so then this week oh oh then like it continues you know we're doing loops now when he's like i want to live to be 100 i think i could live to be 130 i could live to be 140 i'm so i'm a science guy like oh give me a damn break man like you're it was all that mess and 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 then it was the, the the u.s open after effects anyway so he makes it very known that he's going to leave the U.S. Open, take a break till the Masters, gain another 15 pounds, and, and he wants to get his, his ball speed up to 215 miles an hour by, by Augusta. Well, this week, let me switch to my personal account because I can't, he's going to block us. This week on Instagram, if you've not seen this, you cannot tell me. You cannot tell me that you don't think this is this is lame and that is he posts this video of him hopping off a private jet it's got kings of leon from like 10 years ago playing he hops out of this private jet in a t-shirt that clashes with his shoes that also clashes with the color bentley that he's got he hops off the private jet fresh off the u.s open victory ready to grind for the masters into his burnt orange Bentley with a, with a, a slow pan shot of the hood of the Bentley and around the side of the Bentley as he gets in. And then, and then it kicks over, fades into an overhead shot. He's from the top of the sunroof 
in the sunroof. He's driving down the road, cruising with this dumb grin on his face, trying not to look at the camera. And, and it's music's playing in the background. He's like vibing. And, and then it's just like fades to in, inspire, inspire to be better, you know, journey to 215 miles an hour. Now that is preceded by a, another video that is even the, even more the word that I stopped myself from saying a few minutes ago, where the drone shot starts from above his roof line of his massive house, pans down, you see the whole massive house roof line, and then it happens to like flow, flow into his garage gym, right? with all his weight equipment and he just pops out the door. He just like Mr. Rogers. He's just like pops yeah. out the door and he goes, Hey guys, I want to say thank you for the ha half a million Instagram followers and fans that have supported me throughout this, blah, blah, blah. And he's got this really lame song in the background with some chick talking about how like, yeah, it's something dumb. And it's like, then it cuts away. This is the worst part. It cuts away and he jumps on the, on the machine. And I thought he was going to do, I thought he was, I, I thought he was about to do the number one most homoerotic. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I thought he was about to do the number one most homoerotic machine on all, in all of gym machinehood. And that is the, the, no, the yes, the no. Thigh. The, the, the yes, yes no yeah. the yes no machine well, yeah, the yeah yes no machine the yes no machine I've never heard all of it it's yeah. the yes no machine I no but he, he does gonna, I thought he was gonna <laughs> no. pound on some reps on the yes no machine but no he he went for the ab the, the ab spinning mm -hmm. the spinning one the the rotating one as the drone pans out from the garage and these two videos are so freaking annoying I want to throw my phone at this guy. I am so sick of him. I am so sick. He literally has a neighbor who's like is good at video stuff, following his ass around all the time, videoing this stuff and editing it and then putting it together. And then he posts it. It is the worst. I can't. Look, now I don't at the have same the time, same... I really want you to do a, a, a spoof of it. I really want you to. I know you want me to, but it'll be funnier if you do. If I do, people will just be like, oh, DB, here he is hating on Bryson again. He's just, a, he's just jealous. I'm not jealous. I would rather be me right now. Let me just say that. I would rather be me than Bryson. I don't care how much money he has. I don't care how good he is at golf. I don't care. I don't care. I would rather have my life than Bryson's life right now. I, I mean that 100%. I'm being sincere. That's that is not the wild league talking. I actually would agree with that. I would, I would rather I would... be be here with you in your Savannah Bananas t-shirt doing a podcast on the Bermuda Championship than be Bryson DeChambeau. I think I agree with that, actually. Because, look, the, the guy just has the, – the personality is ridiculous. Like, if you could just show some personality and some, like, like something people can relate to. Because people – here's the thing. That's, that's where – you know, as a golfer or whatever, that's where you become a popular player or you become, you know, not that he cares that he's popular, but if you have something that people can relate to, then yeah, who's relating to anything he does, then they make a connection. That's where the connections made. There is nothing about Bryson DeChambeau that almost anybody can relate to nothing, not at all. Like, and it's just, and look, I get it, and I, I 
am like you. I totally respect everything he's done. He is a hard worker. He set a goal, and he accomplished those goals. That that's that's something that should be looked up to. That's something that um, should be you know. I prefaced all that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's again, like you said. I think that's something that's important. But he just has nothing that anybody can relate to. Not not even one thing has he sh- like. I've been like, man. I actually like that about Bryson. Like, you never think that. You don't even think that. But, by the way, I think I could do a pretty good video. Like, you could pan in. Like oh, I could get, God. If I somebody could it. do something, they would pan in, like, the – the. Uh, anybody anybody listening in the Savannah area that can fly a yeah. drone, like, knows what they're like doing? Like, a drone could pan into my garage that has shit everywhere. <laughs> but I do have, a I do have like, a, a little section where, which during COVID I, I created a little home gym but it's like terrible, but like you could punk, you could like go in and to the home gym and I'm like running on my Dude. treadmill and then, and then right beside it is my weight bench with my like little shitty weights. Like you could do all of that. Like that would be so freaking no, funny. I would, I would pay, I would pay for a yes, no machine. I would go on Craigslist or eBay and buy a yes, no machine. If you, if you would do it, I would, I would buy it. I would buy it. I, I, I would do it, but I mean, again, I would go to, to a Planet Fitness that got that lost its deal because of COVID or something, and like say, can we I have buy a that yes no machine off you? near my office, but they're still like operating, and I'm not, I am not going in there with COVID and all that. That no, no, I'm not risking that. Ah, oh, God, I can't stand the guy so much. I just can't. Um, and you know what? I feel like. There's so much talk about him with Augusta National and dominating the place and all that kind of stuff that it could be one of the more colossal failures of a guy in a tournament than we've ever seen because his ownership is going to be so ridiculously high at the Masters that it could – he could – like all things could go wrong for him that week. All right. You just never know. I got a text from a friend of ours you know who's a member at Augusta Country Club. As you know, growing up at Augusta Country Club, there are a lot of members that are members at Augusta Country Club yes, and the Augusta I National. Do, I do know that. He texted me yesterday and says, a friend just texted me this. So this is coming from way down. Who knows? Hit some balls this afternoon and overheard member's name, who's a member at both, talking about DeChambeau playing Augusta last week. Evidently, he cleared the bunkers on number two, which, duh, like, that's easy. Drove the green on three, also easy. Cleared the bunkers on five. Drove it onto 14 fairways successfully from 13, T. And cleared the bunkers, so went over the bunkers on 18 to approach 18. It's not in the heat of the moment. It's not in the – like, look, he's going to be the highest-owned player that week by far. And what side it. of that? What side of that do you want to be on? To me, if you're the smart better, you you play on the other side of that. On the, as far as DFS is concerned, but I could be wrong. This is enough about him. We, this is a too long anyway. of a podcast for an hour and a half uh, for the Bermuda. We did this right. for the Bermuda Championship. We started an hour and a half ago. Okay. Jeez. Anyway, so I would like to apologize to anyone still listening to this. Well, we didn't get to talk. You, you, you didn't get any of us. You didn't even get an hour of us last week. So you yeah. get more so this week. So yeah, there you go. 
All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for hanging out with the tour junkies. We appreciate it. We're going to go record TJ after dark presented by DraftKings over on their YouTube channel. That should be interesting as my face is numb and I'm not sure how it's going to go down, but we're going to go do that. That's about a 20 minute show. You can watch for free on DraftKings YouTube channel every week. Give it a thumbs up and uh, comment how awesome we are. It makes us look good. You know, it's all about making us look good. You know, uh, we need help looking good. Bryson needs no help looking good. I need help. Yeah. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. May your screens be green. We appreciate it. See you. Out.